May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight, O God. You are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening, Eli tells Samuel to say to the Lord. I can think of no better voice and life and witness that our world needs to listen to than that of Martin Luther King Jr., whose 89th birthday we would celebrate tomorrow. Who of us cannot still hear his voice thundering on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial as he dreamed of a better day when all of God's children, no matter their skin color, could join hands and sing, free at last, free at last. Martin Luther King was certainly one of the most gifted orators and preachers of our time, and yet there's something that often gets overlooked in his legacy. Every moment of mountaintop proclamation was fueled by the furnace that was his prayer life. If you read about the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and their great movement that King led, you notice that before the marchers had anything to say, they had something to pray. King was a man who, like Samuel, spent his time in God's presence, making himself available to the God who speaks. It's in the Samuel story, as well as in the life of MLK, that we see how Christian witness happens. Listening begets speech. Prayer produces prophecy. Or as my grandmother never tired of reminding me of God's highly deliberate strategy of giving me two ears and one mouth. It all starts with a posture of listening, opening ourselves to the God who speaks. That is the heart of our faith. Christians ought to have PhDs in listening because it is us who believe that God, the very heart of reality, communicates in love. God speaks and calls Samuel four times. Samuel, Samuel. But three of those times, Samuel thinks it's the elder priest Eli who is calling him suggesting how hard or difficult it is sometimes to discern God's voice. It's not until the fourth time after Eli tells Samuel that God is calling that Samuel responds to God with, Speak, your servant is listening. At first Samuel doesn't know God's voice, but he soon realizes that God is the foundation of his future prophetic work. God speaks, but do we listen? Listen, listening is a hard thing and quite unnatural in our day and age. You may remember the story told about President Franklin Roosevelt, who often endured long receiving lines at the White House, and he complained that no one ever really paid attention to what he said as they would, as they would pass by him. So, one day, during one of these big receptions, he decided to try an experiment. To each person who passed down the line and, and shook his hand, he, he smiled and murmured, I murdered my grandmother this morning. 
the guests responded with phrases like, marvelous, keep up the good work. We're proud of you. God bless you, sir. It was not until the end of the line, so the story goes, while greeting the ambassador from Bolivia that his words were actually heard. The ambassador leaned over and he whispered, I'm sure she had it coming. (laughs) We give ourselves to the God who speaks. Whether it's at the start of our day, whether it's on your morning commute, afternoon walk, we give ourselves to hearing God's voice. As Elizabeth Barrett Browning said, earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only she or he who sees takes off their shoes. The rest sit round and pick blackberries. God speaks. That's the heart of who God is. God speaks at kitchen tables on car rides. God speaks in churches and in dreams and sunrises and second chances. God's always speaking. And listening, listening is the great act of love. It's the affirmation of the other. Those precious moments when our own inner dramas and noise are stilled and we actually hear the other and all their difference from us. I remember some of the best advice I was given about listening to younger kids, high schoolers and middle schoolers. My spiritual director told me to every now and then just Repeat back to them exactly the words that they've said in conversation. It'll help you to stay anchored in the conversation and help them to feel like you're, you're really hearing them and not interpreting them. It's called mirroring. It sounded silly, but I began to do this with teenagers that I would talk to. Whatever they said, just picking out a word or two and repeating it back to them, letting them hear their own words. I'll never forget one young man blurting out mid-conversation, how'd you know that? Who told you I was surprised? Did you read my mind? I said, you just told me you were. Oh, right, he said, with a huge smile he could hardly contain. And it hit me in that moment to watch a teenager, to watch any person come into themselves as they feel like they are being listened to is a powerful thing. But listening is not the end of the story as far as the passage is concerned this morning. Samuel was given a word to speak. Martin Luther King had something to say. He had action steps to take. A Christian who prays and listens but forgets to act is like the missionary in Africa. Maybe you've heard this story. The missionary in Africa who was out one day when he heard the ominously low growl of a lion behind him. Now, Many hours of meditation had brought great centeredness and trust in God. Oh Lord, prayed the missionary, grant in thy goodness that the lion walking behind me is a good Christian lion. And then, In the silence that followed, the missionary heard the lion praying too. Oh, Lord, I thank thee for the food which I am about to receive. (laughs) Spirituality, prayer, without action, isn't enough. God calls us to act, to speak out. God's speech promotes our action, our obedience. 
and what God will call each of us to say might not be easy to digest. We may not want to speak it. Samuel had a tough message to deliver to Eli. Martin Luther King had some tough words to say towards the end of his life about the Vietnam War, among other things. And he said that there comes a time when you have to break the silence, that the calling to speak is often a vocation of agony, but we must speak, he says. We must speak because God has spoken. What Samuel was called to do, what MLK was called to do, was not easy. But Samuel couldn't lie down forever in the temple listening to God. He had to get up and speak. So what kinds of things do prophets say? What kinds of things do prophets say? Well, we can still overhear King's voice this day. Speak and declare that there comes a time when silence is betrayal. Speak and declare that we as a nation must undergo a radical revolution of values. We must rapidly begin the shift from thing-oriented society to a person-oriented society. Speak and declare that on the one hand we are called to play the Good Samaritan on life's roadside, but that will only be the initial act. One day we must come to see that the whole Jericho Road must be transformed so that men and women will not constantly be beaten and robbed as they make their journey on life's highway. True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar, said King. It's not haphazard or superficial. It comes to see that an edifice that produces beggars needs restructuring. Speak and declare then that hate can never and will never drive out hate. Only love can do that. This word, this word of power and this word of liberation is none other than a glimpse of what the capital W word, the word made flesh, says. God's action to set the world aright. The cross, after all, was God's nonviolent protest to the world's violence. The mountaintop of defenseless love casting out hate. And it's that word that gives itself to you and to me at the communion table each week. The word that longs to make us and all God's children free at last. Speak, Lord. We, your servants, are listening. Amen.